I was thinking about what am I going to say straight off and I thought well if I do a good job this morning or if I don't do a good job this morning can you just just uh, come and see me and say something encouraging <laughs> good to be here. It's good to be here in this place. You know, uh, it's Sunday morning and we are here. We are here because God has done something wonderful in our lives. Wonderful. We are here in this place. God has called us out of darkness into his wonderful light. And it's wonderful to be sitting here with brothers and sisters whom we will know for all eternity. At times it's good to know that. You look around and go, you know what, I'm going to know you for all eternity. It's wonderful. To have purpose in your life. To understand what God is doing. What he's doing in our lives. It's wonderful. There's nothing like being a Christian, nothing like it. Now, about a month ago, I had a conversation with Jed, and Jed, uh, uh, I asked him if it was possible if I could preach. I've been wanting to do it for some time, and, uh, and I have done it a few years ago, and I enjoyed it, uh, but I forgot how difficult it was. <laughs> Preparing. But a month ago, I was reading the book of Exodus. And it was so thrilling. And I talked to Jed and I didn't tell him what I wanted to talk about, but I wanted to talk about Exodus. I wanted to talk about the journey that God takes us through the wilderness. And so I started to prepare. And I found that over the last couple of weeks, over the last three weeks, that I've been hearing the same thing. I've been hearing it. I heard it when Hayden spoke. Hayden got up and told uh, he had a vision. He had a vision that, had, that there were two groups of people in the church that one group felt that they just weren't in that inner place. Uh, ben was talking about the wilderness. He was talking about the noises that we hear. Pastor Jed read out something from Deuteronomy about the wilderness and I thought, that's what I want to talk about. Last week, Pastor Steve talked about how God tests us as we're going through the wilderness. That there are ups, there are downs, there are mountains, there are valleys. And yes, there are times when we just seem to just be just going along, daily living the grinds of daily life. Where it's, we're just plodding away, you know. 
We get up in the morning, we put the dishes on in the dishwasher, and we put the washing on, and uh, we get ready for work. We go off to work, we come home, we have a dinner. Just doesn't seem to be much happening, but that's the Christian life a lot of times. It's just a plod. So this morning, I want to just remind you of things that you know is true. I just want to refresh your memory. It's like uh, uh, Peter, uh, the Apostle Peter, when uh, the Lord Jesus said to him, Peter, you're going to leave this world soon and you're going to be with me. And Peter thinks to himself, well, I'm going to write a letter. I just want to write down some thoughts and and send it to my brothers and sisters. And he said the reason why he wrote it was that he says, I know that you know these things, but I just want to refresh your memory. It's good for you to know these things. I just want you to remember. So this morning, that's what I want to do. Um, If you ask me, what was the greatest cause of failure in my Christian life? The greatest cause of failure? Forgetfulness. We forget. We forget that we are Christians. We are followers of Jesus Christ. Forgetfulness. I forget sometimes. I forget that I was in the world, but I'm no longer of the world. I forget these things. Forgetfulness. So this morning, I'd like to take you back to the Exodus, take you back through the wilderness, if I may, and show you and just remind you of some of the things that God has laid on my heart to speak to you. Rightio. Can we have the text up? Deuteronomy chapter 8. Deuteronomy chapter 8. Be careful to follow every command I am giving you today so that you may live and increase and may enter and possess the land that the Lord promised on oath to your forefathers. Remember how the Lord your God led you all the way in the desert these 40 years to humble you and test you in order to know what was in your heart, whether or not you would keep his commands. He humbled you, causing you to hunger, And then feeding you with manna, which neither you nor your fathers had known, to teach you that man does not live by bread alone, but by every word that comes from the mouth of God. Your clothes did not wear out. Your feet did not swell during these 40 years. Know then in your heart that as a man disciplines his son, so the Lord disciplines you. Observe the commands of the Lord, your God, walking in his ways and revering him. 
For the Lord your God is bringing you into a good land, a land with streams and pools of water, with springs flowing in the valleys and hills, a land with wheat and barley, vines and a fig tree, pomegranates, olive, olive, uh, olive oil and honey, a land where bread will not be scarce and you will lack nothing. A land where the rocks are iron and you can dig copper out of the hills. When you have eaten and are satisfied, praise the Lord, your God, for the good land he has given you. Be careful that you do not forget the Lord, your God, failing to observe his commands, his laws and his decrees that I am giving you this day. Otherwise, when you eat and are satisfied, when you build fine houses and settle down, and when your, when your herds and your flocks grow large and your silver and gold increase, you will have, and all that you have is multiplied, then your heart will become proud. And you will forget the Lord your God who brought you out of Egypt, out of the land of slavery. He has led you through the vast and dreadful desert, that thirsty and waterless land with its venomous snakes and scorpions. He brought you water out of hard rock. He gave you manna to eat in the desert, something your forefathers had never known, to humble and test you so that in the end it might go well with you. You may say to yourself, my power and the strength of my hands have produced this wealth for me. But remember, the Lord your God, for it is he who gives you the ability to produce wealth. And so confirms his covenant, which I swore to your forefathers as it is today. Over two million people came out of the most fortified country in the world, Egypt. It had the strongest economy, the world's most powerful army, and God, through Moses, led them out. And there they were, standing at the Red Sea, realising that their life had changed forever. There were the bodies of the horses and the men floating in the water. They were no longer slaves. They were free people. Now, their status had changed. They were slaves. Now they were free. But their state had not changed. They were just still the same people. They were still the same. Now, when we become Christians... And we realise something wonderful has happened to us. Our status changes. We were in Adam. We have been translated into Christ. We don't realise this. We just know that something wonderful has happened. I was a drug addict. Twelve years. I know. You can look at me and go, no. But I was. I couldn't remember for the life of me, what I did the previous day. Couldn't remember. 
I could not remember how old I was. But something wonderful had happened to me the day that I gave Jesus my heart. When I really believed in him. I said, yes, I believe he died on the cross for me. I believe it. Yeah, I believe it. And something wonderful had happened. I didn't understand, I didn't understand at the time, that I was now, that God had translated me into Christ. That my sins had all been washed away. That God had taken the righteousness of Jesus and put it in my account. And that now he saw me as righteous. I didn't know that. But we learn that as we go along. God sees every one of us as righteous because of the righteousness of Jesus Christ that's been imputed to us. We don't realise that. And so, here's my first point. My first point is this. There is no second-class Christians in his church. There is not. We are loved. Every one of us. Every one of us is precious to him. Every one of us. Everyone. Loved with everlasting love. Led by grace this love to know. Spirit breathing from above. Thou hast taught me it is so. Every one of us is precious because Jesus Christ, his son, died for us. Precious. It is so sad that people grapple with us Christians for years and years because they fail to see that they are precious in his sight. It is. Now the children of Israel, I said that their state hadn't changed, but for the Christian, our state has changed because not only are we righteous in God's sight, but he gives us a new heart and he puts his spirit in us and we begin to walk in his ways. It's wonderful. And suddenly you realise that you have power. You realise that you are different. Yes, my drug habit went in an instant. But I can remember waking up one morning and having a head full of dirty thoughts. I thought, that can't be right, I'm a Christian. I'm, I know I am, I've... Uh, Why am I thinking like this? But as we walk, we slowly, slowly change. And our thinking changes. As you walk along in the Christian life, you realise at the beginning that you are, that you are, That before God, that you are nothing and that you are bad, for want of a better word. But as you go along in the Christian life, you actually realise you're actually worse than you first thought. (laughs) 
You do. It's true. Right. Verse 2. Remember how the Lord your God led you all the way through the desert. These 40 years. Remember how the Lord led you through the desert these 40 years. In Exodus chapter 17 verse 1 it says, The whole company, the Israelite company, moved from place to place as the Lord commanded. When we're passing through the... Oh, I'm sorry, I've missed a very, very important point, which is the most important. Why the desert? Why is it that we have to go through the desert? Why do we have to go through this journey? Well, it's because it's God's school. It's where we learn. We're all ready to go. I'm all ready to go. I'm happy to go right now. Off to be with the Lord as you are. There's nothing here that's holding us back. Yet God has chosen to keep us here. We're walking through the desert, a journey. That's what we do. That's God's way. Now, the whole Israelite community set out from the desert of sin, travelling from place to place as the Lord commanded. Here's my first point. That God guides us where he wants us to be. Where you are at the moment is where God wants you to be. From place to place, where you are now, where God has placed you in your work, in whatever you are doing, you are in the right place. The right place. It is a very, very important thing to, to learn that. It is God who leads us and he puts us where he wants us to be. Now, I work with children with disabilities, intellectual disabilities. I'm a school teacher. I lived out at, out at uh, uh, Stanthorpe for 13 years, and I said to my wife, I says, darling, I says, I think the Lord wants us to move. And we did, and we came to Caboolture. <laughs> People say, Caboolture? Really? Tell me what it's like. But you see, that's a non... To me, that's, that's, a, that's not a good question. It's not one that's answerable. Because we are Christians. And we go where we are told to go. And God, we, look, we, we came to, uh, to the city. And uh, we came to the city. And uh, we we. we Eventually found a place, we, came, uh, we found a place in Caboolture and God said, this is where I want you to live. Now I live on an acre uh, at its, uh, in Stanthorpe. I, I have a lovely home and it's a lovely view and I've got thing. And here, I, here I'm in a, in a suburb with a tiny, looking at neighbours and going, Lord said, this is where I want you to be. And I said, right here, you don't, you don't argue. You go, yes, you don't, okay. And so I started work. I was a mainstream teacher, mainstream, and I had, the Lord had opened up a door for me to work in a 
uh, in a school with children with disabilities. Door open, I knew it. So anyway, I start my first day. I have been given the most violent class in the whole school. My first day, I go to the school and I have been given this particular class, a boy who would, every time I saw him do this, I knew he was coming, swinging his fists. A boy who would, his mum would never cut his fingernails, and he'd come and he'd just come and screaming and digging in. And yet, I thought, oh, I'm off. <laughs> Must have heard the wrong thing. <laughs> no. The Lord said, this is where I want you to be. So, you stay. Whatever situation you're in at the moment, you stay until the Lord tells you to move. It's like the waters of Maru when they first set off. They went off and they came. Uh, they walked for three days. There was no water. They were thirsty. And they came to Marah and the water was bitter. And they complained to Moses. This is Moses. What shall we drink? In other words, do something, Moses. What are we doing? Do something. Moses cried out to the Lord. Lord, what do I do? I don't know what to do. The Lord showed Moses a piece of wood. Moses threw the piece of wood into the water and the water became sweet. If you are in a situation where you are perplexed, if you are going through a difficult time, if things may be even a little bitter, where you don't see any way out, Go and seek the Lord and listen carefully to his voice and he will give you revelation to make your situation sweet. Revelation. Revelation. I don't know what to do. Lord, what do I do? The Lord showed Moses a piece of wood. Second thing, Moses threw it into the water and the water became sweet. That means that we have to quieten ourselves. We have to quieten ourselves. We have to listen. Lord, tell me what to do. Whatever you say, Show me that piece of wood. Tell me what I need to do. And whatever he says, do it. And the water will become sweet. Well, it may become sweet straight away. It may become sweet over time. But as long as you are doing what he says, 
the situation will change for the better. I just had to persevere. It was just his grace. He says, my grace. That's what I did. I said to myself, boy, if I can get through this year, (laughs) I can do anything. (laughs) I can. I can do anything. If I can get through this year. But in my head, I was thinking, you know what? Lord, you could have easily stuck me in the class next door. (laughs) Easily. You could have put me in. Why did you put me in this one? I don't understand it. But I know that I'm in the right place. At the end of the year, the parents contacted me and said, Stephen, would you teach them next year? (laughs) I kid you not. Do you know, I'll tell you, honestly, the truth is I was burnt out. Because you give yourself wholly to them. And that's another point. God gives himself wholly to you. He doesn't at the end of the year go, or I, like, like as a teacher, you at the end of the year, you then you pass them on to the next person. God makes a commitment at the beginning and he wholly commits himself fully to you. There is, uh, beginning of this year, a boy who I taught last year said to me, Stephen, do you remember me? Now, I know that this boy, he likes uh, uh, Doctor Who. And I go, no, Blake Watson, you have been deleted. (laughs) And he goes, no, I am not deleted. (laughs) But in a sense, he was. Because he has moved up a grade and I've got a new set of boys. Second thing that we learn on the journey God's provision 2 million people I said to my girls the other day I said girls how much water do we need how much water do we need per day just to survive and they said well 3 litres maybe 3 litres I said what about if we were doing exercise or going for a walk I should ask Brett Brett's a bricklayer he will know exactly how much water he needs. Um, so with Michael. Um, how much? So, three litres. Okay. So, what about if it's a hot day and you're walking? They said, well, probably a little bit more, maybe. Okay. Have a read what it says here. Listen to this. He has led you through this vast and dreadful desert, that 30, that 30, that thirsty, waterless land with its venomous snakes and scorpions. God provided water and food for those two million plus people for 40 years. It's staggering. Do you know that an Olympic-sized swimming pool, 50 metres long, 25 metres wide, two metres deep, that Holds just over 2 million litres 
of water. So if it is three litres that they need or four litres or five litres, you just can imagine all those swimming pools side by side that God provided every day. Staggering. Staggering. And just as kind of like a side note, because i just uh, just going to get off track for a minute. Um, when we were in Sunday school, uh, we learnt uh, Philip, the man from Ethiopia. The man from Ethiopia goes back and uh, takes back the good news. And today in Africa, there are over 600 million Christians, born-again Christians in Africa alone. 600 million. And so... So it was just about 25 times the population of Australia. <laughs> Amazing. Hey, that means that there's going to be more Africans in heaven than there are Australians. Well, yes, there is. Sorry. <laughs> Thank you. Um, but I just thought, wow, Lord, 620 million, 600 plus million. Lord, how do you do it? How are you, you do it, the way that you care for each one of their needs, providing for them daily? And of course, as Christians, we know that Jesus Christ is the bread of life, the living water. And because we are Christians and because we are in Christ, all that comes to us by virtue of his death upon the cross. It's wonderful. Wonderful. Peter wrote, For God has given to us everything that we need for life and godliness. Everything we need for life and godliness. In the wilderness, it is his power, not our power, that enables us to go through. It's his power. We sank up this morning. Power. Boy, do we need power. You know, uh, when I was uh, searching for God, I gathered lots and lots of books and I was reading and da-da-da, reading this and trying to find, because I thought, gee, if I can just find him, because he must, he's got all the answers to my questions. If I could just find him. And so books, and I had of books. And one day I woke up one morning and I thought, I'm going to burn the lot of them. I got out the back, whole lot, 44-gallon drum, got the whole lot, thing there. My friends thought I'd gone mad. I had discovered something. I didn't have any power. I just had a whole lot of stuff going in my head about God who's out there somewhere, but he was out there. I didn't know. I still had my dirty habits and thoughts and I was, couldn't get off drugs. It was too powerful for me. What I needed was power. And all these books and all this learning was just a waste of time. Waste. I burnt them all. Except the Bible. <laughs> Somehow I just knew that there was something about that that was a little bit different. Couldn't understand it. Ah, bless the Lord, power. We need power. We know it. Especially in this world in which we live. 
I wrote down this. Every blessing, every blessing that we enjoy, every step forward, every victory, everything that is good in our lives, our achievements, our prosperity, comes to us solely through Jesus Christ and him alone. So in the Christian life, really, there's no boasting. Uh, There's no, uh, you know, in any way that we're no one is better than everyone else. We're all on the same level. There is no boasting in the Christian life. Nothing at all. And we are familiar with the verses that says, I am the vine, you are the branch. Apart from me, you can do nothing. We know that. In the Old Testament, God said to Hosea, I am like a green pine tree, says the Lord. Your fruitfulness comes from me. We realise that without him, we are dead. We can't function. So, we must never forget his presence is with us, his power is with us. His provision, El Shaddai, is with us. It's wonderful. Being a Christian is wonderful, isn't it? It's wonderful. And friends, there will come a day when our journey will be over. And we will cross over to where our brothers and sisters, our loved ones are waiting for us. And we will be with Jesus. And in his sweet presence, we will worship him for all eternity. That's our destiny. That's it. That's our destiny. It's wonderful. Now, can you put up the last text? I'd like to finish by just reading Second Peter chapter one. I'd just like you just to have a look at this and just Simon Peter, a servant and apostle of Jesus Christ, to those who through righteousness of our God and Saviour Jesus Christ have received a faith as precious as ours. Grace and peace be yours in abundance through the knowledge of God and Jesus Christ, our Lord. His divine power has given us everything we need for life and godliness through our knowledge of him who called us by his own glory and goodness. Through these he has given us his very great and precious promises 
so that through them you may participate in the divine nature and escape the corruption in the world caused by evil desires. For this very reason, make every effort to add to your faith goodness and to goodness knowledge and to knowledge self-control and to self-control perseverance and to perseverance godliness and to godliness brotherly kindness and to brotherly kindness love for if we possess these things these qualities in increasing measure they will keep you from being ineffective and unproductive in your knowledge of our Lord Jesus Christ. But if anyone does not have them, he is near short sighted and blind. He has forgotten that he has been cleansed from his past sins. Therefore, my brothers and sisters, be all the more eager to make your calling and election sure, for if you do these things, you will never fall and you will receive a rich welcome into the eternal kingdom of our Lord and Saviour, Jesus Christ. Wonderful. Let's bow and we'll pray. Heavenly Father, Lord, we tell you that we love you. We tell you that there's no one like you. And we thank you afresh this morning that you have called us to be part of your family. Lord, this morning, we've realized again this morning that we are needy, that we need you every step of the way. We ask, Lord, that you will continue to manifest your truth to us, Lord, on this journey that you have set before us. Oh, Lord, thank you, Lord. Thank you. Lord, thank you for Jesus, Father. Thank you. We bless your name, Lord. Thank you. In Jesus' name, amen.